0: We want to ensure that putting ourselves in our customer's shoes. So we want our content to incite discussion, to really ensure not only someone engages, but they discuss it, they potentially share it, and that it ultimately will lead them to maybe changing their opinion or changing their mind or really getting them to stand up and notice us and then really want to learn more.
1: B2B Content Strategist is the podcast where you'll hear actionable advice and strategic guidance from content marketing leaders. I'm Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10x and I sit down with leading B2B marketers to discuss how they overcome challenges with limited time and resources and execute winning campaigns time after time. If you want to improve and streamline your content marketing, keep listening. Hello, and welcome to this episode of B2B Content Strategist. I'm your host, Amy Woods, founder of Content 10x. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Kiron Regan, who is the global VP of marketing at LearnWorld. LearnWorld is an online course platform for creating, selling, and promoting online courses. In this conversation, Kiron talks about his love for continuous learning and passion for marketing. We talk about LearnWorld's educational content strategy and the three-pillar strategy that they have. Of course, as with all episodes of B2B Content Strategist in Season 2, we discussed AI, both from the perspective of how LearnWorlds are helping their creators to create online courses with the help of AI. We also talk about repurposing and how having as deep a possible understanding of all aspects of marketing has really benefited Kiron in his career. It's a great conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. So let's dive in. Welcome to B2B Content Strategist.
0: Thank you very much, Amy. Delighted to be here.
1: Delighted to have you on. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. To kick things off, please could you summarize what your role is at LearnWorlds? Obviously, Global VP of Marketing, I know that, but a bit more about what LearnWorlds does and also your role as well.
0: Sure. I'll start with LearnWorlds. So yeah, as you mentioned, I'm currently at an organization called LearnWorlds and we're in the e-learning business. And for me personally, I love the idea of continuous education and essentially that's what we do for our customers. We provide them with a, I guess a means of packaging their knowledge. So it's essentially a platform and a solution for creating educational content and then distributing that to their audiences. And it's a powerful premium platform, very easy to use, very flexible, and that can facilitate the creation of a whole host of educational content that our customers then use to train and educate various audiences.
1: What are the different profiles of customers that you have?
0: Uh, sure. we At the moment, we're growing rapidly in a, a very crowded marketplace, but we feel there's a still a huge opportunity there in the educational and e-learning space. So for us, there's two categories of customers that we cater for at the moment. And in both categories, we're empowering those customers. On the first, I guess, category of customer is the entrepreneur, the solopreneur, the coach, and consulting. And here customers essentially can create courses. They can package their knowledge. Then they can deliver those over our platform, and then they can market and sell those courses on their own website. And then the second is we're leaning towards the more corporate and the enterprise clients, and there is a huge need for customers in this space we find to, again, package their educational content and a need to train their staff. So internal training for employees. And also the need to, for example, if a company has a complex product, then there's a need to quickly train and educate their own customers. So we also facilitate that as well. So educating their customers. And then lastly, we find our customers also use it to train their partners and external businesses that work with those customers as well. So they're the two category of customers that we, we target and that we bring onto our platform.
1: What does your team look like? So Global VP of Marketing, it sounds like it covers a lot of different areas within the marketing realm. So what does that look like in terms of the teams, the roles, how you've organized all of that?
0: Sure. As I mentioned, yeah, Learn Worlds is a rapidly growing company. So it's, a, it's an exciting business to be in at the moment. And yeah, my role is within the marketing and sales function. So I've been with the business about about a year and a half and i essentially lead marketing and sales globally for the business and as you can imagine within that there is a significant number of teams that contribute to the growth of the business so within my team if i break it down it's essentially six what i call you kind of revenue focused marketing teams as well as a sales team and that covers everything from product to essentially brand, also demand right the way through to performance and also content marketing as well. And within that, the main responsibility for myself is overall business development. So myself and my teams were responsible for the go-to-market strategy for the business. So yeah, it's very, very challenging role, but it's very exciting as well. And it's a lot of fun. And. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to love what I do and very passionate about marketing. So, That's my responsibilities and role in a nutshell at LearnWorlds.
1: It's really interesting and awesome that you're passionate about what you do and also what you sell and what you market marketing as well. You mentioned you have the content team and B2B content strategists in the name, I guess, but it was a big focus on content and content marketing. I'd love to know about current priorities, because worlds you do a lot of content. So there's the webinars, courses, masterclasses, big audience on LinkedIn and loads of multimedia content there, big audience on Twitter as well, YouTube as well. So there's loads and loads going on. In terms of your content strategy for this year, what are your main priorities?
0: Sure. As you say, yeah, we're moving ahead with initiatives across across several fronts and content yeah, it really underpins everything we do. I have to call out my fabulous content team. We produce all of our content in-house and they work you know, very collaboratively with all other teams in the marketing function as well. But you're right, the presence that you see out there for Learn worlds essentially fuels everything we do. It fuels that demand gen machine. And what I would call it is really an educational content strategy because for us, we want to continue to try and be that major authority in the space, in our space. And that's something we try and continue to improve on every day. So the core strategy for us is built around what I call an educational content strategy. So producing genuinely high value content that, and what we find that does is it, it does educate, but it informs our prospects and our potential customers on the the value that they'll get once they become a customer of ours and they get up and running on our solution. So the value that it brings after they become a customer of ours and the content approach that we take really informs those prospects at that, at that stage.
1: Is there a particular platform or content format that you look into go a bit more all in on because as i mentioned i see so much in terms of video content and your linkedin your twitter your socials really multi-format carousels memes videos all kinds of content is there a like a particular format or platform that works really well that you guys are focusing on or is it is is it really just quite spread around the different formats and platforms
0: yeah i would say it's somewhat channel agnostic, we do look at the channels that our prospects are present on to the best of our knowledge that our prospects and our audiences hang out in. So it's somewhat channel agnostic from that perspective, but we do have channels that work better than others. And I can chat a bit more about about those. But if we look at the strategy overall, where we really strive to get the most out of the content we produce would be at the, I would call it at the mid and top areas of the funnel. At the bottom, where we have very high intent visitors and prospects, we have a solid process, our website, and even our blog for bringing those high intent buyers that are very close to making a purchase and bringing them across the line, where we need to make our content work really hard for us. Is in at the top, really what I call creating recognition for us and, and for Learn Worlds. Despite being around for quite some time, close on, on 10 years, we continue to focus on increasing our perception, increasing that recall and that recognition. So that's at the top. And then in the middle, it's creating and driving that demand. We want to fuel the conversion, bottom of funnel piece. And then our focus is looking at how we can continuously drive demand in the middle and then also creating recognition and creating that, elevating, I guess, our perception in the market. So easier said than done. And then that's our kind of three pillars. And then we kind of branch off into two different directions underneath that. One is the content production, as I mentioned, and designing that content, which we do in-house with the great team that I have, and then the second is the distribution and the repurposing. We need to give equal and weight and importance to that as well. So it's one thing to produce and to design it and to publish it, but then it's to really distribute that and to repurpose it. So, it's a, so once we get to that stage, then it's a mix um, in regard to the channels that we use in order to publish and then distribute and repurpose that.
1: I was wondering, do you have anyone or a particular role within the business that is looking at that distribution and repurposing of the content others have created? Or is it very much the responsibility of the creators to develop a repurposing and distribution plan with each piece of content or each key kind of pillar, main piece of content that they're creating?
0: Sure, it's a good question. I think we can always get better at doing that. So the way we achieve it, Today is a collaborative effort between the content marketing team. And then also we have campaign managers and the campaign team that might have a particular objective and a goal for a particular, not just a particular piece of content, but a particular objective for the business. So if we're targeting a particular segment or a particular audience, then the campaign managers would work very closely with the content marketing team to obviously to create that high value content and those relevant assets, but then work together in terms of not just publishing it, but also distributing it as well. So we have a framework that we evolve all the time and we come back and revisit. So it's essentially, as I said, splitting content into publishing it on our own channels, so those that we have control over, the likes of our website, our blog, even our email nurture sequences, and then our own webinars as well. So the content would live there, but then we also carve that up into different formats and distribute that same substance or the topic or the theme, but then distribute that in what I call our non-owned channels. So ones that we don't control. So we find that our prospects are again it's tricky but are hanging out on channels that we don't own that might be if we pick a channel for example LinkedIn or it could be communities it could be groups and within there we try and participate within those communities and share value for free taking the substance of our content and then engaging with the community in a you' really gonna giving value away for free so that takes a concerted effort to do that but the idea is to give that value for free and then be associated with that uh with that high value yeah you know, with that high value content. It usually has a an angle or an opinion or a point of view that we try and bake in there as well and then if someone does come to our own channels, namely our website or blog, there's a connection between both of those there as well, where you will get more substance and you might get more detail on a particular theme or or topic. So we try and merge those two approaches together, the non-owned and the owned channels.
1: As I was doing some research for having this conversation with you today, I remember a few weeks ago when I looked at your website, there was talk about a webinar that you guys were doing to help course creators with ChatGPT. And then funnily enough, just before, we jumped on to talk today. I went back onto LearnWorld site and the first thing that popped up was a master chat GPT for course creation, live workshop. ad. <laughs> and I was thinking, wow, that looks like really useful content. Everyone's talking about AI and chat GPT and you guys are jumping on that. Helping course creators work out how to leverage it to create their courses. What I'd love to know is internally. You guys, as a marketing function, specifically talking about content creation workflows and the whole process of content across different spectrums, are you guys doing much with AI yourselves in that area and tools like ChatGPT and the like?
0: Sure, you're right, Amy. It's very difficult to ignore. It certainly, it goes without saying that it's such a trend and a hot topic at the moment. And I was at a a learning and technologies event last week in London and it was the topic of most conversations that, that I had at that event when you get out and talk to people in the industry. So for us it's something that we are attempting to leverage within our own strategy. You're right. We're assisting our own customers with creating course outline and course templates, assisting our customers in in Learn World with getting them up and running as quickly as possible. And facilitating them with templates and outlines, for example, to package their own content. That's something they've always found valuable. So, if we can accelerate that with the use of chat GPT, then we see that as a definite positive. And for us, I guess it has the opportunity to impact any content marketing strategy. It's going to make content creation faster, it's going to make it easier however at the moment we feel it's not going to replace the the expertise that we have in relation to ed, the educational industry to learning and the type of thought leadership material that we want to continue to produce so it can assist us i feel it can accelerate some of the processes that we've already had in place at the moment it's not replacing what we do, and we're going to continue to, yeah, I guess just monitor how it's used and the advantages that we can get from it. But we see it as a kind of assisting and facilitating a slightly faster route to market with some of our material, but not replacing it
1: at the moment. No, absolutely. Just a super quick break from this conversation to let you know that if you're a B2B technology or professional services company, and you want help with streamlining your content operations, outsourcing your content repurposing is the number one way to produce more high quality content and boost your ROI without putting any more pressure on your team. In fact, it could save your team up to 30 hours per week. We offer content repurposing services for video and audio content. Whether you have a show or you're launching a brand new one, maybe you have an archive of awesome content, be it webinars or a virtual event, or you want help creating thought leadership content that we can repurpose, we've got you covered. Head to content10x.com to see how we can help you and start increasing your efficiency and the value you get from your content. Now back to the conversation. In terms of processes and streamlining things, obviously, like we were saying, you're creating a lot, there's some recurring processes there, I'm sure. Is there anything that you guys do in particular that really helps you to streamline and optimize your content processes?
0: Sure. We go back to the three pillars that we spoke about. We know we're going to look at those branches where we're distributing our content in non-owned channels. As well as our own channel. So, we want to be aware of the formats in which we want to produce that content before we produce it. So, that's something that's baked into our framework and then breaks into some of the procedures that we have in place. That if we're creating an anchor or pillar piece of content, that we do have in mind how we're going to either distribute or repurpose and reformat that in order to facilitate the sharing of that content or the consumption of that content on the various channels that we want to be present in. But then taking a kind of a step back up from that, we go back to those pillars. So the framework there that we follow is splitting our content creation into the top of funnel. So we call that essentially an engagement strategy or the engagement pillar. And that's the top of funnel. And then in the middle, it's the, I mentioned, it's the driving demand. So that's the content strategy. So in the middle, we create hub and spoke type material that lives within our blog. So creating clusters of articles around around topics. So we look at the opportunity that any new piece of content will bring us. So if that can be appended to a cluster of articles that we already have, that might be more beneficial than creating a standalone article on a particular topic. So we go for that deep expertise in a particular topic and we find that organizing our content in that kind of hub and spoke way enables us to do that so we find that our readers then consume more than single articles so they're more likely to consume related articles if we cluster them together and then that's a mix of gated and ungated so we're thinking about blogs and long-form articles but then we might gate a portion of that, having giving some of it away for free or given a taste or a teaser of what a particular piece of content contains. So at the mid funnel, we, it's a mix of gated and ungated, and then we can measure the consumption of that. And then also the conversion of that for the gated content. So there is a, I guess there's a. A sense of what you'll get. So you're giving some of the value away for free. So someone is more likely then to part with information to get the additional part of the of the asset of the content. And then the top of funnel, we focus on that ungated piece, as I said. So creating content that we know we can distribute for free. And again, the process that we follow, we want to ensure that putting ourselves in our customers' shoes. So we want our content to incite discussion to really ensure not only someone engages, but they discuss it, they potentially share it, and that it ultimately will lead them to maybe changing their opinion or changing their mind or really getting them to stand up and notice us and then really want to learn more. So that's the two pillars that we follow within our framework, that engagement piece at the top, and then that more hub and spoke. Approach in the in in the middle of the
1: with the gated content, just keen to know, is there any particular type, for example, is it the webinars that are gated or aspects of virtual events or more white papers, research studies, things like that? Is there anything that you see is particularly high converting when you have that gate over it?
0: Yeah, the it is. It's a we find that once we cover an actual need of a prospect. So if we're very specific and we speak to our customers in regard to what they might be experiencing and the problems that they are witnessing in their business and what they specifically want to solve, if we're very specific, as opposed to being more general and more broad and generic. So being very specific in regard to a particular topic, but then also having a particular point of view and a particular angle on something we feel resonates w- with our prospects. We essentially wh- whet that appetite and they are compelled to learn or to want to learn more. And sharing some of that content for free really gives away some of that value. It acts as a teaser. And then we find that's quite high converting once we ask the prospect to to unlock that. The, the full asset of the full e yeah.
1: Like a direct content upgrade on something that they're already in, very much interested in and targeted to them, makes sense. <laughs> could we talk about your most memorable content marketing initiative? It doesn't necessarily even have to be from LearnWheels; It could be from a previous role even, but um, what really stands out to you as, uh, and I wouldn't say the best because that's a challenging question, but a really memorable content marketing initiative and why it stood out to you so well, kind of issues you encountered, what the outcome was.
0: I'm fortunate enough to have been in the business for 15, 16 years and fortunate enough to have worked on several really great initiatives. If I was to, if I was to pick one, within Learn Worlds, as I said, it's a very fast paced environment. So we tend to launch a high volume initiatives in a relatively short period of time and then over the last year there are two that come to mind one is our own academy which is our i guess our own school and our own academy that we use our own product to deliver expert material and expert courses to educate and train our own customers but if i think of the my my favorites would be our annual summit. So every year we have our Learn Worlds virtual summit, Worlds of Learning, and it really takes a an entire village to deliver that summit. And I really love it because it's true collaboration across all of the marketing functions, but then also the tech teams and the devs as well. So the business really comes together to deliver a an event of that size. We have dozens of speakers and literally thousands of engaged attendees over the two days that we run it and we run workshops as well. But the content and the assets and the material that's produced during two days, so essentially the output really provides the fuel and the momentum for weeks and months to come to feed all of our follow-up demand gen initiatives. And the initiative itself resonates with prospects right across the funnel. Those that we're introducing Learn Worlds to for the first time, those that are considering taking their business online, and those that are quite close to making a buying decision. So for me, it's really that brand to conversion aspect covered, and it's so impactful, and ultimately it de- delivers results for the business. So I'd have to say if I picked one over the last number of years, the LearnWorlds summit would have to be it.
1: I love that. I love virtual events for the line of work that I'm in. They signify half a year to a year's worth of content. You can like repurpose them as well. So that's awesome. What about on the flip side? So perhaps a cautionary content marketing tale or funny story about a campaign or an approach that perhaps wasn't quite right, didn't go quite as planned.
0: The traps that is quite easy to fall into. It wouldn't be one particular example. But for me, it's, it's quite easy to get caught up in the specifics and the mechanics of any initiative or any campaign and designing that campaign and taking it to market. But there are several examples in my own experience, and I've been guilty of this as well, is that Ignoring the needs of your customers and your target audience. Sometimes it's easy to deviate from that. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier, if you're too broad and you're too generic, it's not going to resonate. So something that might make sense to you internally within your organization or within your team may be missing the point or missing the mark to your your audience. So it mightn't be the most exciting example, but I do feel it's something that marketing individuals and teams forget to do, put themselves in the customer's shoes, but would this message or would this campaign or would this proposition work for me? With the marketing that I'm producing, would this work on me as a prospective customer of this business? So really challenge yourself there. And I've seen that happen and I've seen huge initiatives really I guess underperform because of that of that point, and for me, it really needs to resonate with your audience. As I said, change your mind, change your thinking, and really get them to stand up on up and notice.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think regularly doing that assessment and sometimes just like owning up when you realize maybe it has gone slightly off course and it might be a case of doing a bit of rework to get it back on course rather than just stay in that route when it's not quite right. So I completely agree with you on that one. Some final quickfire questions. What's one takeaway tip that you'd give your younger self starting out in your career in marketing?
0: I, looking back at when I started out as a As a marketer and started out in the agency world, my advice to myself would be to really I would say go deep on all the discipline of marketing. At various points in my career, I've heard the suggestion to be a subject matter expert in one particular area of marketing, be it performance, be it SEO, for example, and have a a light level of knowledge on other areas. But what's essentially benefited me certainly in the last number of years is to have a, a deep as possible understanding of all the aspects of marketing. And that's really stood to me and all the way from brand, as I say, all the way to conversion and retention. But being a true marketer, I think if you have a deep understanding of all of those disciplines within reason, certainly will stand to you in this I- industry. So that's the advice again within reason, but ultimately it's part of a business. And for me, it's an absolutely crucial part of any business, the marketing function. So the deeper your understanding of the role marketing plays within a business, the better it's going to stand to you, as opposed to knowing one or two aspects. Really well,
1: yeah, I completely agree with you, and, like you said too, within reason as well, if you are going to outsource certain areas of expertise, you should still educate yourself and know an awful lot about what you're outsourcing, even if you bring in deeper expertise. I completely agree on that rounded <laughs> knowledge of all the functions that you're ultimately responsible for or are going to be working with. What would you say is a typically overlooked or undervalued tool that you recommend to content marketers?
0: Marketers love tools for sure. Some of them bring a ton of value and, and some don't. Within a marketing function, this might not be just specific to, to content marketing. One of the tools that I have found invaluable within the marketing function overall may not be the most exciting, but I feel it's just proving enormously valuable. So we go to market in a very integrated way. We tend to ensure our channels work together. As I mentioned, the content that we produce gets baked into activity and initiatives that are surfaced on multiple channels. And one of the things that I am seeing is that there is a high volume, I guess, of fraudulent traffic, fraudulent clicks, and fraudulent visits to blogs, and two websites that carry all the way over to, to conversion. So what one of the tools that we use in-house at the moment is called Lunio and it is a fraud prevention tool, but for me, it's s- such a necessary tool as it tends to really just eliminate that bot traffic and that spam traffic, and enable us to get our material and our content into genuine prospects and get us get to reach the audience that we intended it to do. Not extremely exciting, but one that we feel really valuable. And it's unfortunate that we see such a percentage, let's say, of traffic that's not valid, but enables us then to reach the intended end user and our audience just more consistently
1: sounds really useful i'll I'll check that out I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well so thank you and then if you could create any kind of content for learn worlds and it's just a case of limitless resources and budget so we've had people say super Bowl ads that you know billboards in Times Square that kind of thing what would you immediately think right that's what we're going to do
0: <laughs> I'd like to think that we're I'm coming up with amazing ideas every day within the business and yeah to be fair to to the team we regularly brainstorm in regard to what we would really love to do if we had, as we say, limitless time, resources, budget. One of the things that's always been in the back of my mind is the, which is what we might maybe deem slightly unusual for B2B marketing, but I have seen it used very cleverly in the past. And there's a couple of reasons why I would choose a documentary style asset if I had a significant budget, so it's not something that you would generally associate with B2B marketing, but if you were to create a, a fully blown documentary and say it was specifically for Learn Worlds, for me, I think it would be amazing and amazingly impactful for a number of reasons. Our founders in particular are, they have this potent mix of an academic background and a business background. So for me, telling their story would be extremely powerful and it's not say it's not saying we don't do that today. We tend to tell our own story, the story of our founders and our brand story in various ways, but doing it in that style I mean in that format, I think would be really powerful. And really it comes down to our core values, how people learn, why people learn and the importance of continuous education. So sh- showcasing that deep understanding of the, the industry and the challenges that say our customers face. So showcasing ourselves, obviously showing our customer s- success and the success stories and how we support we support them. I love that idea. And there's also the behind the scenes look as well at the company. We tend to do that to a degree at the moment. We've had retreats where we've taken our own internal footage and we've used it in order to promote ourselves and promote the business. And then finally, the behind the scenes, sharing the, I guess, the insights and the culture of the business and why we do what we do. And for me, producing something like that, again, would come down to repurposing goals. We show so much content there to potentially carve and distribute and repurpose. And yeah, that's something that's been in the back of my mind as a potential asset that we could do at some point in the future.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's such a great idea. When you bring in all the transparency and the authenticity of something like that, the behind-the-scenes view... It's awesome, yeah. A great one. And then finally, so on the podcast, we love to speak to true leaders in the B2B tech world like yourself. Who jumps out to you as somebody that we should be speaking on who would tick that box of a B2B marketing tech leader?
0: Let me think. There is there's certainly plenty of people I follow, and then one, one in particular that I always value her content, her contribution to the industry is is Alice Coursey. so she is at Cognizant at the moment, as she's the CMO there, and she is so, so obviously so not knowledgeable. She's an expert in her domain, but as she has taken on that role and grown into the business and grown Cognizant from a marketing perspective, she shares that journey as well. So the insights and the story is. So engaging and really valuable and is not afraid to admit that there is just that continuous learning and to be conscious of that. And yeah, that's someone that comes to mind,
1: Alistair Corsi. All right. Wonderful. We'll check them out for sure. Thank you. <laughs> Kieran, thank you so much for coming on B2B Content Strategist. It's been a fantastic conversation. I'm sure I'll speak on behalf of everyone listening and just say that it's been so valuable and so insightful to learn more about LearnWorlds and what you guys are up to. Where would you like people to go to connect with you, find out a bit more?
0: Um, sure. I'm on LinkedIn most days, so you'll find me at uh, Kieran Regan on LinkedIn. That's the best place to reach me.
1: Cool. Oh. I'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. So again, thank you. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thanks so much for your time and your openness on the show.
0: Fantastic. I really enjoyed it, Amy. So thanks so much.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of B2B Content Strategist. Do let me know what you thought about conversation by getting in touch with me on social media. You'll find content 10x on all the social platforms, or search for Amy Woods, CEO of Content10x on LinkedIn. To find out more about streamlining your content marketing processes and specifically about content repurposing, check out our website, content10x.com, where you'll find information and resources that will help you achieve more with your content more efficiently. And if you're looking for a partner to outsource your content repurposing and distribution to, get in touch as we offer a world-class, fully end-to-end, done-for-you content repurposing service. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I'll catch you in the next one.